0: Hello, hello, and welcome to the Finding the Unicorn in You podcast. What a beautiful day to inspire lives. My name is Jaime cabrera Ragosa, your host, and I am so excited to have you here. Let's get ready to meet some fantastic unicorns and learn how to unleash the inner unicorn in you. Let's get started. Welcome to another episode of Finding the Unicorn in You. Today, I have a very special guest. I haven't seen him in about six to seven years. He is a professional that has worked not only in politics, advocacy, HIV, and AIDS awareness, and so many other things for the community. He's the one who actually got me kickstarted and actually wanting to do more for the community. And he is a person that doing things that are selfless. And he's a very big example of what a true unicorn is like. So I'm going to go ahead and allow him to do an introduction of himself. So without further ado, here's George. Hi,
1: everyone. Thank you. I'm an honor to be here. I actually never knew that that I, I inspired that out of you. And it's uh, really great to, to know that some of the work that I did back in the day really inspired others to improve their community. So my name is George Garcia. By the way, shout out to my mom and my boyfriend. Uh, their birthday is this month's belated birthday or happy early birthday, whichever one that that might be. But I currently live in Washington, D.C. I've been here for seven years. Uh, I'm originally from the Inland Empire. I grew up in Southern California, Alto, which is right next to San Bernardino. Currently work at Be the Singer Center. I've been there. I've been in this position three months now. Previously, I was at this organization called Latin American Youth Center, where I worked with young people. I was there for about six years. Uh, so I've been in DC for about seven years, and I was at LYC for six. It's kind of been my, 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 um, work experience, my professional work experience in Washington, D.C., aside from all the side projects and everything I've been involved in, I got my master's out in um, American University. I got my master's in public administration. Kind of led me here was just school, you know, I I knew that I wanted to get my master's in public administration because of one of my mentors that helped me get to where I am today. He has his public and he has his master's in public administration, and it just felt like the natural path for me to take because the work that he was doing was the work that I wanted to do and where, where I saw myself as a career path that I wanted to take. And I originally met him at Little Pride Youth Alliance, where at the time was the only LGBT organization in San Bernardino County that, that, serv- that offered services for um, teenagers and young adults. And so I started volunteering there. And then I got connected to, well, I got connected to the board members. One of the board members was Robert Amenta and Maggie Hawkins and I really just connected to them Uh, and also Benita Ramsey connected with all of them and just really learned as much as I could working with them I then got connected to Bienestar and that's actually how I met you we kind of just connected and then we became friends you know it's funny that got a lot of people that I met through that program I'm still very connected with I know a lot of people that still live in the Inland Empire um or, you know, message me randomly, or we'll message each other randomly. Uh, here in Washington, DC, I actually uh, live with one of my participants. It's totally ethical. You know, it, the, the, those bonds that you make with people through community advocacy work is really strong. You because you mm-hmm. make those strong connections and then you end up forming your community from there.
0: You never know how your community is going to like circle back. So you might meet somebody today, that you, you don't know they will impact you in the future. And that's happened to me several times where I made one good act of faith at one, in one, one aspect of my life like years ago. And I do not know where this person is now back in my life. And now we're really good friends. And it's amazing how life happens that way. And yeah. you, know, you have to keep those networks good and always put out positive energy in the, in the world. And going back to your first comment, when you reached out to me, and we started talking. I was in a very dark place in my life, actually. And I was going through a lot of internalized homophobia. I wasn't really accepting of myself or my community. I didn't want to associate myself with the LGBT community at all. And then here comes George, who is like this super positive, vibrant guy who's like laughing all the time and wanting to say, you know, like, let's do this event, let's do that event. And I would always flake on you as like, because I did not want her to go to these outreach events. And then you were very bad. That's basic. why. Could- <laughs> I was always, like, I see. <laughs> you would always say like, come on, come, come do this, come do that. And little by little, you started inching me closer and closer to not only reintroducing me to your friends, that I have friends now. and I love that and It helped me fully accept me for who I am. And you were a big part of that to allow me to be who I am now and be, you know, like I'm wearing like bright colors right now. which just, <laughs> it, it really, I do have to say thank you for that because you definitely were a big pillar in my life too fully accept who I am and love myself. So thank you. That's my first thing. Thank you. You're one of the unicorns that made me the person that I am today. So moving from that, so you made a big change from California to Washington DC. So how was that? First of all, how was the culture change? How was it leaving everything that you knew behind and starting new?
1: So before we get to that, I mentioned or touching the topic of mental health. I know that over the years, a lot of people have perceived me in that way. Um, but I also went through a very dark, you know, I was in equally in a dark place, in at the time that I met you, um, and I think that right before, right when we when I moved to DC, uh-huh. it was in a very very dark place. Like I I don't I've only recently come to like understand and really like cope with all of it. But well, one, thank you so much for for sharing a bit of information because like I mentioned, I, I wasn't I wasn't aware. But anybody who is in that place, you know, you really shouldn't be ashamed of asking for help. And then looking to others for guidance, and really trying to like become a positive person. Like it really just starts with, with the first step and whatever step it is, that's a step for you at the moment. You really shouldn't beat yourself up for, for feeling the way you do. Thank you so much for, for sharing that.
0: Of course. And talking about it makes it easier. The more you keep it to yourself and the more you start letting these, like these ants crawl around your head, these automatic negative thoughts, the worse it gets and the, the deeper in the hole you start digging yourself.
1: You feel so alone. And and In reality, we're all going through something, you know, like if you reach out and talk about it, like you'll realize that not only can you connect about, you know, yes, social media and like pop culture and politics, if you're into that, but we're all like mental health is a, is a topic that we should equal, we, you know, it should flow out of us just as naturally as the latest Beyonce album, favorite song that you're currently enjoying in, in life right now. Like it should be something that you should be willing to share with people. And you need to get yourself to a place to to share.
0: Exactly, and there's always a thing that I do. So whenever I meet somebody that I haven't seen in a while, I say, "How are you?" And they'll say, "Oh, I'm fine," which is the usual answer that most people say. And I was like, "Okay, now, i'll really are you?" And yeah. you you really give them that second question. They're like, oh, "Well, I'm not really doing so hot. I'm doing this. I'm doing that." And that's where you start the real vulnerable, actual like you know, like connection.
1: Exactly how that happens. I mean. We're just so busy. You don't want to burden people with with what's really going on with ourselves. That we will just quickly just tell people like nothing's wrong. I'm fine, or just an automatic response is like yeah, I'm fine. Because that's how that's how we're conditioned to answer that question. Like you're not supposed to like burden people with your problems. But when you get that second question, you really stop stop to think. Like oh, like am I doing okay? Like <laughs> yeah.
0: And that's a stigma that people assume that we don't want to burden other people, but sometimes by asking and talking about it, you're not only liberating yourself, but you're allowing them to talk about it right. and you're helping each other in that sense. So what you think is a burden and actually an assistance for people. Right. So how is the transition between California to Washington, D.C.? I was
1: really grateful for the chance to breathe, for the chance to take a break from everything that I was doing in Southern California. Because I, I was really trying to like set things up so that it wouldn't feel like I just up and left. Because I mean, I really just did up and leave. My ex got his offense letter two months before we moved. We decided to move that day, put in my one week notice, like two weeks later, and then we were on our way out to DC. Like I really just up and left. I don't regret up and leaving because it led me to these these new opportunities. I was. I really didn't know what was ahead of me. All I knew was that at the time I was going to move to DC and, and figure it out. That's kind of what, what my mentality was, and I knew that that I needed to take like a year long break from school. That was gonna be, that was going to be a perfect opportunity for me to transition into a different into a different community, find a job, and then apply to grad school, get into grad school, and then move from there. That was really my plan. I I really didn't. I had never been to DC. I had never. I've only really lived in the IE, like, you know, this, this was all like a brand new experience to my, for for myself, but really like the transition, it offered me a moment to breathe, to just take a break, to say like, okay, let's take stock about like the things that are important to you. And how do you get to that next step? It it was, it was a bit of a whirlwind. I mean, I really didn't until Max and I, like we, our relationship ended and was when I really was able to like look around. You know, it, it's it's funny how. There's, have you heard of the saying when when somebody says that you to take a moment and stop, smell the flowers. You know, just really be present and be in the moment. If there's one thing you remember about me, and I know that anybody who is watching this probably know this answer, but who's my favorite artist? Elvis Presley. Of course. <laughs> would you Would you believe me if I told you that not until that 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 chapter of my life was over was when I truly started to like listen to her music and actually really enjoy her music like I loved her music but not really appreciated her and the music and her the messages the messages that she was that she was bringing behind it and like it just like the 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 amount of stress and noise that was going on in my in my head because of everything that I was doing and you know back home dealing with my ex and then like transitioning into my into my current duration of my life like I just was able to really calm down and focus trying to understand what was happening around me. Yeah. I mean, it was, it, it's, it was, I guess to like a short answer to my, to my long winded answer is it was a whirlwind. That was my experience in my transition to DC. It was a whirlwind and I kind of just went, 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 went into it with my eyes, not, not wide open, just kind of just going for it. And I think that that's another value that people should really embrace is just Taking a chance to like experience something and try something out, make a mistake. I've never wanted to make a mistake. You know, if if I wasn't afraid to make a mistake, I I don't think I would have done half the things that I did.
0: What you did was very courageous. I was very shocked because that's when I started barely getting into like the advocacy with you, and I was like, okay, I'm going to start going and doing these activities, and they're like. Well, George is leaving. And I was like, what do you mean he's leaving? He's like, yeah, he's just like he's leaving by Friday or Saturday, I think. And I was like, what the heck? It was just such an amazing thing that you did to be able to take a leap of faith and just be able to do that for yourself there were some risks and things that you had to leave behind. But also so many doors that were going to open for you and that did open for you by going over there. One of the things that people don't really realize when you do that is that sense of what and loneliness and like the sense of like, who am I now? Because now I'm in a different space with Dipper people and you have that identity clash. And I think I, the same experience that you had is the same experience that I actually recently had. I'm to Newport Beach. I've always been in the ID. It's not like a big change, like like you were going to a whole different state, but all my friends left different countries, different states or different counties. And my family's like a two and a half hour away drive now. So I'm not necessarily close to anybody. So I'm like, where am I? I'm by myself. I have no one here. And... I started cycling recently and one of my instructors turned off the lights and she's like, okay, what I want you guys to do is just be in the moment and I have a three minute song and then just go with it. And it was that song by the Killers, a soldier. I got sold, but I'm not a soldier. I just started tearing up so bad just because yeah. I truly, for the first time, listened to that song and what it meant and like really acknowledged. I was like, I'm here. This is my life now. And this is a new person that I'm becoming. And you have to take time to just sit and acknowledge the, everything around you. Because our life is conditioned to be on the go, 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 go. But you need to sit back and for that, that mental space, that men- mental health and just see who am I now.
1: And that, that sounds like a big, a very lofty idea when people, when people hear about taking a moment and reconnecting with yourself and realizing where you are. But really what you're supposed to be doing is connecting with the inner child, of who you actually really are. We're conditioned so that the dysfunctional, unhealthy adults that we present ourselves as every single day, it's a product of like every kind of negative and positive kind of feedback that we experience throughout our lives growing up from from being a child all the way to an adult. And when you really try to like sit through all that, get past all of it and reconnect with who you truly are, that's when you can really truly be like connected with yourself, present with yourself, because you know who you are. And you try, you have to work through, as you're sifting, you have to work through all the negative feelings and process everything that, that, is, that has led you to that particular place in your life. But yeah, I mean, it's reconnecting with yourself thing is like what sounds like really out there sometimes, but like it's amazing when you can figure it out.
0: It's important. And that's something that everybody has to do, right? Like you said, a lot of us ignore our inner child, though we have to be able to understand who that person is so that we can understand where we're going. Exactly. I do want to touch a little bit about that, the advocacy that you've done in the communities. I know you started doing the advocacy on RN before marriage equality was a big, and you were going out there doing that. You put yourself out there, you made yourself very vulnerable in a time where it wasn't as accepted as it is now. So how was that experience in that process of you doing that?
1: Talking with the GOTV campaign that we did through Equality and Illinois Empire, you know, it's interesting, Equality Alien Empire is no longer an organization. Like I was the last board president and CEO of the organization, along with the Borg. Uh, we closed the organization down, but I established a new organization called Inland Genie I ran as, you know, it's, it's, it's still out there. So if you can donate to them, you should donate. Even know what year I became the board president, it was right before marriage equality was. I, I became the board president a few years before the um, before the Court ruled in in favor of marriage equality, and you know it became a right across the United States. By the way, we should be very alarmed with what is happening with Roe v.ersus Wade because the same way that that right of abortion protection uh-huh. objections you know federally through the courts through the, through the Supreme Court uh, was taken away. Marriage equality was given to us as Americans through the Supreme Court. And it can be equally and as swiftly taken away mm-hmm. for certain justices that, that are advocating and, and gunning for LGBT rights. Make sure, I mean, I hope that people voted in November really, you know, make sure that the, the representatives that are representing you today are the people that you truly want to represent you. And you're not being passive about that, so that specific part of your life. Because although it might seem like a very far out idea. The decisions that they're making are directly impacting your employment, your access to healthcare, your access to jobs, your access to, uh, fuel costs, everything. Like they are literally affecting every aspect of your life, but sometimes people feel like it's such a far out idea or they feel powerless. They just do nothing or they just don't vote or they don't see the value of voting. But really civic engagement is like the way things really get done in our country. Anyway, so getting back to the, you know, Inland Empire. So really that, that, that came, the GOTV campaign, the Get Out the Vote campaign, which for those who don't know, a GOTV campaign, Get Out the Vote, is where a group of people, an organization or an organization like Equality Inland Empire out and they knock on people's doors and inform people about the issues on the ballot and remind people to get out and vote. That's all it really is. There's no, there's not a political leaning neutral, it is just a there's an election happening in, in a month in two months whatever the case is here are the issues we want to inform you about them you should make a decision and vote and this is how you vote let's make sure to register you to vote that's all it really is and that opportunity really came to me elections that i had that i had made with hans johnson really helped me out and really mentored me and really helped me get the grant to put that project on and our hook to that project was we're going to be the first GOTV campaign in California, that focuses specifically on LGBTQ. <laughs> so what we did was we, we took the democratic data, okay. the democratic voter data and mined it. And we found information on people, on homes that, that had same sex people, not couples, because that, that information is not collected, same sex people, one or um, two people living in one house, same sex, no children. And we, we said, this is our best way of identifying people who are LGBT and sure enough, they were, they, they were people who did identify as LGBT more often than not. And so we just started getting that. We hired a bunch of people. We got the grant, hired a bunch of people, um, got them the tools that they needed and then trained them and then sent them out to the community to knock on doors. To specifically increase the the number of voters that engage in our democratic process.
0: I have to agree with you. We need to be careful to make sure that we pay attention to when, when it's voting time and when all these different policies are going out. Because a lot of the Supreme Court judges, a good chunk of them did mention that that, that was one of the next topics that they were really, they wanted to start looking into after Roe versus Wade, which was marriage equality and LGBT rights. So we need right. to pay attention to that. If you haven't done it so already, register to vote. Just the next one comes sooner than you think. So make sure that you register to vote, get those notifications early, do those mailing ba- ballots, and if not, go in person and do it, but just do it somehow. And one big thing that I want everybody to really know is that doing nothing is a choice. Do something because ignorance is not bliss in a sense. The more we ignore it, the more the problem persists and we're allowing... The people that are ruling this country the way that they want to do it and that is not necessarily the way that we that is fair for everyone so if you want bare inequality to occur then you need to stop doing nothing and start doing something and it could be as little as subscribing to a letter or listening to podcasts where you can start learning a little bit about the news or even there's so many things out there that you can just start doing little by little and you don't have to make it your identity but at least be aware and stop being so ignorant on the topics that are happening today. And I think
1: that it's important to mention that now that tons of us have busy lives and we we have limited resources, limited time to like get out and like become informed voters. There are for those people who don't really like politics or don't really they they feel like it's 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 just kind of like some a topic they don't want to they don't want to really venture up into. Now, today, because of Trump, there are so many resources out there to help you just really simplify the issues and help you understand the different, the different topics that might be on, that might be on your ballot specifically. Um, And, you know, it could be an easy easy Google search away or you can reach out to me directly and I'll be happy to direct you.
0: I did that exact thing a few years ago with my best friend, paying attention really close to like the politics and all that um, jazz. So, I called her up. I was like, okay, I'm about to fill in my mail ballot. What does this mean? What does that mean? Don't be afraid to ask for help. Exactly. So, what are some things that you look for in, in people around your life that are to core qualities?
1: Having a good heart and having tenacity, okay. knowing like somebody who is down on earth and knows their values, okay. sticks to and, is, and is, has conviction about those values, and just really willing to put in the work. You wouldn't be surprised to know that I found out that American University had never had, you know what a lavender graduation is,
0: right? Um, I haven't heard that. Really? Mm-hmm.
1: You're like the millionth and one person who's never <laughs> heard of a lavender graduation, but for the rest of us, we know. A lavender graduation is a gay graduation, it's, but it's a, it's a national thing. I graduated with my bachelor's from Kelsey Semarardino you know, and we had a lavender graduation. I know a bunch of the high schools in the high had a lavender graduations the community colleges as well so i found out that american university and i have a lgbt because you know they have like the, the big graduation and then you have um the smaller affinity graduations so like you know the latinos asian pacific islanders african american black you know they 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 all have their own smaller graduations <laughs> before the actual big graduation so that you can wear your special stoles you know at the at the university's graduation when i found out that I was getting close to getting to graduating with my master's. And I found out through one of my good friends that our university did not have a Lambert graduation. And I was like, absolutely not. Who do we have to shame to make this happen? <laughs> so him and another one of my good friends, we all decided to, well, I coerced them into <laughs> this project. Uh, we cool to um, give us, give us some money um, to light it on. Put, we went out, we found a drag queen to give out awards, and we put on the first step under graduation the university has ever had. came back to your, to your question about unicorn qualities, is that the, the fact that those two individuals that were also, also had jobs, they were also trying to finish up their schoolwork, they had their personal lives, that we all made time to have the tenacity to stick to our convic- convictions when we say. That this is important to us—that equality, representation, and bringing bringing awareness to to uh, about a community and making sure that they feel represented—is important to us. And those are people that I that I'm drawn to, and those that's what the qualities that I found in 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 them.
0: That's amazing. Now I'm going to have to email my professor and my, my the dean of my school and be like, "Do we have a lavender graduation? I didn't know about that. And if not, how much money can I get?" To talk? <laughs> It's super important. I didn't, I just didn't know that that was a thing. I know that there was like a Latino graduation or like, you know, Chicano graduation, I think they called it. And I was part of that, but yeah, I don't know why it never occurred to me. That's, I didn't even know it was a thing. That's amazing.
1: You should definitely make sure it happens because we all have those moments even when we're in school or in our working professions or personal lives where we're just like, I don't know if I can do this. This is too hard. But then when you see somebody else doing it and accomplishing the things that and overcoming the, the challenge you're currently facing, like you should look at that as as a point of inspiration. And I think that putting ourselves out there and putting ourselves on display so that younger people can see that it's possible that you can persevere and you can, you know, make something happen, even if it is from nothing, you know, similar to like what your, your experience with, my, with me, you know, just like I didn't realize that, you know, putting myself out there in that way was going to inspire you to to become the person that you are today, which still, I mean, I'm still a little shocked and a little, <laughs> <laughs> and i'm very humbled by it as well and it's just a reminder that, that it's important to like that this is why visibility is important representation is important having people at the, at the table is important because if we don't see those examples of, of other people achieving those goals then we can never really get outside of our head to say that yeah it's possible for me to achieve x you know we, we have to we have to inspire we have to inspire others to be, become great people as well
0: Exactly. And looking at events like this is super important because I didn't have people that I looked up to when I was younger. You know, like I didn't have people who were LGBT that I was like, oh, they're getting their doctorate degree or, oh, that there's just Hispanic, oh, they're doing this and getting to that level. I actually spoke at the Riverside Pride event that happened last year. I guess I should say in September. And I spoke during the event. I talked a little bit about my business. I actually published an LGBT youth book. And I read it there and I had a little girl that came up to me and she's like, thank you. And I was just like, she's like that. Nah. She's like, I love that. She was like young, she was like 10 years old. So you're like, I love that you have books that are in our community and that you know, that I can read and I can share with my family and they understand who I am. And the book was just simple. It was about talking about, is two dinosaurs talking about what gay means and what pen means. And she's like, now I can explain to my family that I'm pan, pansexual. And I was like, thank you so much. And it was just, it really reached my heart because then you are helping individuals streamline their life. You're giving them inspiration. You're showing them that it is possible to be somebody because when we grew up, we didn't have this stuff on TV. Now we're seeing people in politics go up their leaders um, who are LGBT. Um, And then that there's so many possibilities that we can be those people, not just the stereotypical people that we see on, on social media now. I can stay on these topics forever, but we have more questions to go through. <laughs> so for the month of February, I'm doing a concept of the rose colored glasses. So this is a new Valentine's Day. So this concept is where people are happy or in a positive attitude that fail to notice the negative things going around in their life or that lead them to a not to view things that not as realistic. So tell us about a little bit of a time in your life when you maybe had those rose-colored glasses on and how did you get through them?
1: Yeah. Which one do you want to know about?
0: Whichever one you want to share. Many
1: moments that I can can identify as as that, you know, and I think that, and I might have, there might be a moment, there might be an aspect of my life right now, where I have those rose colored colored glasses on and don't realize it right now. But, you know, you know, eventually the glasses will come off. I think it's just important to like be self-aware and learn to check in with yourself and stick to what you need in order to get back to your true values mm-hmm. and, um, and really assess if the things that you are doing at that moment are, are aligned with who you want to be and the goals you want to achieve. At one of my previous employers, I will say, <laughs> I just was, you know, I, I had gotten a promotion and I was like, you know, it just felt like the the natural next step for me, and I took the opportunity. Um, and it just turned out to be not a good fit, you know. Like I was suffering in silence, telling myself that I needed to stick it out for whatever reason because of the prestige of that position. And it just really taxed me. It, it was really taxing It was very, it was very emotionally distressing. It had effects on my on my on my physical my my physical health, my mental health. It mm. ru- it it ruined relationships for me. It was just really just not a good fit in my personal life. But it really, and it really expressed itself in my, in my work. Like I didn't I didn't I lost that like passion for the work that I was doing. I was more so there because I felt like I needed to take the next step afterwards. And I kept telling myself, just stick it out, just stick it out, just stick it out. It's gonna be fine. But when I look back at it, I should have left a long time ago. Like I shouldn't have been there. Killing it was killing my passion. It was really killing who George is, like the things that are important to George. I just, you know, I I, I don't think that I'll allow myself to get go down that path again. It just was very challenging to get through that through that moment. But I'm glad that I moved past it and I've been able to have some successes that followed, you know, me leaving that 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 organiz, that organization. It's like my mom says, you know, when one door closes, another um, God will open up another door for for you, and it's going to be better. And she was right. Got to you. Got to remind yourself to stick to those values and and rely on your support network. To reach out and speak up and and express what's going on.
0: And by reflecting and at, talking about it with other people, they help you see the reality of of what's happening. Sometimes, like you said. We get so in our head that we start looking at this is the only way to do this. And we trick ourselves, romanticize it to start loving the toxicity or whatever it may be of that situation. And there's a quote that I heard from, I think, on TikTok. If the cost of admission for that person, position, whatever it may be to enter your, to stay in your life is giving a piece of you, then the cost is too high. You have to make sure that you keep asking yourself, what am I giving up to keep this person, this position? Or to be in the situation, what am I giving up every day, and is that changing me for the worse, or is it making me better? And then doing that reflection to really understand whether you should be there or not.
1: I recently heard an analogy. I look at you have to look at every single day and your month as an input, and what is it going? What is going to be the output three years down the road? you know, a, a few months down the road, six months down the road, like what is going to be, what What am I going to get out of this? And if what you're doing today is just depleting you, what is going to come out a year down the road? It's going to be a lesser version of who you are, a more disconnected version of who you are. It is going to be somebody who in a year, three years down the road, who has not accomplished what of the goals that they set out for themselves and is still contemplating starting that goal, you know? So you have really have to really take the time to to really like stop and really assess like, like you're saying what i'm doing right now is that going to help me become the person that i that i want to be like what what am i getting out of this is it depleting me then your depletion is going to continue to happen six months down the road and you're just going to be that much more depleted
0: that is so true i never thought about it that way because we always think what am i doing today that's going to be Julie tomorrow but it's the complete opposite. What am I doing today that is taking away from my future for tomorrow? And that's so powerful. And I'm like even, I'm like thinking about my life right (laughs) now. What am I doing with my life? (laughs) I ask myself that all the time. Like, what am I doing? But that's super strong. So thank you for sharing that. So there's a lot of things that you've accomplished and there's a lot of things that you've been successful for. So out of everything, what, makes you a unicorn in your eyes. How about you tell me? <laughs> Not the way
1: it works. <laughs> so I saw this question. I was like, I don't know, man. You tell me. <laughs> I don't like talking about myself. Um what makes me a unicorn, I think what I would definitely say is that I'm very impatient. And I just don't wait around for people to, to, to do things. Like I, I, I get very anxious with condition to be a busybody. My father was a busybody. And of course, you know, growing up, my parents thought that the best thing for us to hang out with my dad because my dad would teach me how to be a man, right? My dad was always was a busybody. He was always doing something every weekend. We had something to do on the off chance that we had a day off on a weekend. It was like magic. It was like we would sit down and just watch TV and relax. But most, most weekends I was out doing something helping him fix a car, helping him fix a, something around the house, r- remodeling a, a room or doing something, you know, like there's just the, and I really didn't appreciate everything that he taught me over those years until I became a homeowner and I realized that I can do so much myself, you know, and, and my dad would always tell me, that, he would always say like, Oh, when you get older you're gonna you're not you're not gonna have to pay somebody to, to do this simple job and you're gonna be able to save money and I always like and i was I always tell him like well when i get older i'm gonna graduate college and i'm gonna have money so like i'm <laughs> but here i am with a tool belt myself like um so no i mean like it's just you know I, i'm very impatient i i really don't do not wait for people to to tell me to to, to to solve a problem, I see a problem, and I think I go out there and do my best to solve the, the 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 problem with whatever resources are at hand. And if it means that I have to bring those resources myself to the table, I will. And really, just not really allowing people to to to, to tell me no. I mean, how many times did I hear no when I was in the IE every every single day? And I was like, absolutely not. Like, you're not going to tell me no. Like, can't tell me that I can't do something. Realizing that that uh, you can tell people to go fuck themselves, and I'm going to go do it myself anyway, is really what really drives me. Uh, The reason why I got I got so invested into LGBT work was because of my dad. My dad would say like, if you if you're gay, you're gonna you're you're gonna do nothing with your life. You're gonna you're gonna end up single, paying for sex, and without any family. And so I said, you know what? Fuck you. I'm going to go figure this out, and I'm going to go and I'm going to help people around me because like, the more that I got involved in, in the community, the more I saw like this like cycle of negativity. And like there was, the IE did not have any, I mean, we had RPYA and EQIE. EQIE was on its last leg and RPYA was struggling to keep their doors open. And I said, really, is this all we're going to do for ourselves? Like we have to drive all the way to LA a whole 40 minutes down the 10 or 60 or 210 freeway to go find an organization that we can like connect with our peers, like this is a bit, this is the life we're going to accept for one another? no, I mean like we we went we got out there and we organized and we did something. We established um the first young adult support group. we established um I don't I, I don't know if like the pride you went to is is connected to um, the mix, but I know the mix is still happening out there. I, uh, you know, like we went out and we created these, these programs and these youth camps, and it was just all about not giving up and really just trying to do good for the world and really trying to make sure to set up the world for the, women I behind you. I know the mentors that I had, I met at RPYA are some of my strongest mentors, and I'm still connected to them today because I saw that the work that they did helped me get to where I, where I, where, I, where I am now. And I know that the generation... Um, before them help them get to that point so if we don't continue to help our young people and you know the people who are following in our footsteps become better versions of ourselves and to create a a healthier community then you know it's 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 just going to be this like that it's just going to be that much harder for them to accomplish it but what with whether you like it or not we do have that connection and we do owe the younger people that are coming behind us that much is to try to make it a little bit easier
0: for them. And I think that is one, one of many reasons why you are a unicorn. And something that I've learned from you is that tolerance is an acceptance. And yep. we have to continue moving until there's true acceptance. And it's hard because not everybody wants to go that route. And people want things to stay the way it is or what normal is. But normality is a heteronormative just white gendered male life society that has been geared towards them. But right. that's not the way that is going to be equal for women, for, for LGBT men and women, for people of color and, and any other adversities that people may have or like, or not adversities, but like what makes people special, you know, what makes people different. And people like you are the ones that are reading the way for everybody else and I think sometimes we take that for granted because we we see the work that y'all are doing but then when we hear like sitting in the back seat saying like yeah you you do it but we need to get in the front seat and start driving ourselves as well and I think that's what makes you de- definitely a big unicorn that I always look look up to you like I've always have and I know a lot of people in the IE still look up to you and your name is still out there and people are like yeah I know George yeah I know he did this <laughs> he did that and, you know, I think forever you're, you le- you're leaving a legacy behind you and you should be very proud of what you're going through and what day your name's going to be on the textbooks. Just keep doing what you're doing because you're creating social change one, one day, one person at a time. And we are re- running out of time. So I'm going to ask a uh, final question, which is if you could give one piece of advice to our listeners that you want them to kind of get out of this podcast, what would it be? Set a goal for yourself and
1: do it. Make a plan and just do it. Whatever it is that you that, that is going to help improve, do it. You know, and and uh, the the key the key in that is to to uh, do it in a way that complements your life and, and and your the time that you have available, so that you can achieve the goal. Sometimes we like, oh, I want to. I mean, if if getting your your PhD. Is your goal in life? Yeah, that sounds like a big goal, and like you're not going to accomplish that tomorrow. But what are you know? You don't accomplish you don't accomplish that over the course of a few months. It's years. It's it's you put in the work. You you achieve small goals in order to accomplish your PhD, right? Or your education, your your high school diploma, whatever it is. Opening or establishing your own nonprofit. It doesn't happen overnight. Like you have to set a goal for yourself. Then from there, work back, set small achievable achievable goals for yourself and establish a habit of achieving that small goal every single day, working towards it. And, you know, the, eventually you will get there. And it's really important for, for, you, for you to also give yourself the grace to say, today, I don't want to, I don't feel like working at it. I'm going to take today off and I'm going to give myself a, a chance to like, relax. And that's okay. If you make a you fall off the horse and you're completely get, get get out of track or you get distracted, that's fine too. But just remember who the, the goal that you set for yourself and, and work at it every single day.
0: I think what you said is super important. Not only do you have to plan, but you also need to plan your rests. Because yes, we want to do so many things all, like every single day and be as productive as we can. But if you're not incorporating your rests You're right. The right sleep, the right nutrition. You're not going to get through it. You're not going to have the enough energy to to put into your dream. So make sure that every day you plan your rests, you plan your your times off. And it's it's okay for you to plan days that you're not doing that. Those are just as productive as the ones that you do everything. Yeah, and and, you know, and 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 really just taking
1: advantage of low hanging fruit. You know, like. Sometimes, like, I mean, if your goal is to try to high school diploma, you know, the first step, the the first low hanging fruit might be just find a place that will help you find out information. Don't go. Don't call them. Don't go there. Just find a place. I've identified a place. My next step is find the courage to get to go there, make a plan to go there. How am I going to get there? Whatever the case is. And then you find out information. You take that information. You really absorb it. The application process, whatever the case is, those are the, those are the small achievable goals. Like every time you pick up all, pick all of the low hanging fruit, there's going to be new fruit, for, new fruit for you to pick. But what you don't realize is that every time you pick that low hanging fruit, you're actually elevating yourself to the next level of low hanging fruit. They, it does, you don't have to. You don't have to be out there, you know, as a martyr saying, "I'm gonna get this done today," because it's not gonna happen. Like you need to just do, you know, small, achievable goals will get you to your end goal. And you know, and you and you can't beat yourself up for for taking five years to get there. Like you will get there in your own time. And you have to also you know, make sure that you prioritize that time for yourself as well. It's the same way that resting is important and nutrition and Exercise and all these other things are important. You also have to build in focus time for you to do these things. Like you can't just say like, eventually, I'll get there. Because if you don't take that first step to, you know, taking a low hanging fruit, you'll, ne- you'll never get there.
0: So if our listeners want to follow, follow up, have any questions on political advice or have questions on how, you know, to on anything that we talked about today, where can they reach you?
1: Social media, I guess, email, we we'll call Message, smoke signals (laughs) however you you want you want to reach out i will say that i'm not a huge social media person just i don't find i don't find any joy in sitting on an app posting about my life and telling people what i'm doing i want my work to speak for itself and i do i mean like that's just i mean this is what i do like if you don't if you can't appreciate it then we're not on the same path. We're not, we're not at vibing. So, uh, <laughs> but if you choose to follow me on social media, I do have a, I do have a, have a Facebook. Uh, no promises that I will respond right away, but more directly, you can always reach out to me on my, uh, on my cell phone, which hasn't changed since um, you've you've known me, which is 909-272-7663. Or you can email me, uh, george.em.garcia at gmail.com. That's a more reliable way to get a hold of me. Um, and I'm very comfortable giving my information out because it's been out there for such a long time that people have it. So <laughs> my, my Instagram handle is ggboyj. My Twitter is george.em.garcia.
0: I'll put all this in the, in the show notes so people can just click the link or they can just like right. look at it and read it so they'll have access to it as well. <laughs> this has been such a pleasure. I can go on for Ember with these topics with you. I know I didn't even ask you all the questions just because we're running out of time. But thank you so much for taking the time to with me and for sharing all these tidbits with us.
1: Thank you for having me on and good luck to you with your, your podcast. And uh, I hope nothing for the best. And I've, I've listened to a few episodes myself and um, you're, you're doing great work. So thank you for, for your contribution to, to our community as well.
0: Thank you. I appreciate it. And for everyone who's listening, make sure you subscribe. Uh, hit a follow, give me a rating, and episodes come out every Friday at seven AM. Thank you very much, and until next time.